So without further ado, a very warm, faith-filled welcome for Mike. Well, it's uh, great to be with you, and um, just to say, that's not my holiday fund, all right? I'm not going to make anything out of that. If I did, I'd only be going to Butlins anyway at that sort of price, so no, I don't make anything out of that. Am I standing in the right place? For, yeah? Don't, no, no, right, because I'm making all sorts of strange noises. I'll let you... Uh, this is interesting, isn't it? This little arrangement. So, <laughs> So every time he has a dream, you do it, do you? Don't, don't, give him, <laughs> don't give him any cheese last thing at night. You might, goodness knows what might happen. So I can imagine when he stood up and shared, I had a dream. Everyone thought, yeah, we've, someone was already done that. Yeah, but I've got another dream. And he said, we're going to strip it all back. All the PA guys are going, that's God. That's God. It's definitely God. Don't need to hear any more. Certainly, God. No, I really enjoyed that. Actually, not the dream, the thing. No, no I'm, I'm gently mocking you, but with. Uh, oh, is that better? No, it's still doing something strange. Is that me? Have I, do I need to do something with this different? No, just carry on. Okay, right. Uh, that's great because participation songs, brilliant. I love that. It's great. Wonderful. So keep, keep doing that. Dr- more dreams to you. That's great. Um, I love being here because it makes me feel young, even though I'm the oldest person in the room, probably, or nearly. Uh, not quite. No, OK. <laughs> I did say probably. I, you can't tell. Actually, there's... Um, as an illustration of what I'm going to talk... No, let me start again properly. Right. Um, today, Steph asked me to preach on faith, grace and miracles from Galatians, which you're going through. So let's just read those verses and then I'll just say what I was going to say because it won't make sense if I haven't read the verses first. Galatians 3, 1 to 6 says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Father, just help us now as we look at these verses, and I do pray that there will be a Holy Spirit outbreak through this church. Lord, that's really what we want this to be about. That's what these verses are about. And I pray, Lord, that whatever needs to happen in order for that river, that dam, the the things that we heard about earlier, that kind of river of life, whatever needs to happen for that to be unleashed from here, out into the streets, through to our neighbours, our work colleagues, our families... This whole through this whole fleet festival and loads of things like it, the kind of cultural scene around here. Whatever you need to do to unleash us, I pray just this will be a little contribution into that, and that it will that the water level will be higher by the time I've finished than it was before I started. Lord, there's always more with you. We're never we're always learning, and I but I pray that the few drops I put in the bucket will just add to the tide of what you're doing here and uh, we ask that for Jesus glory yeah. Amen, Amen. Um, this, these verses really, uh, Paul's trying to talk to them throughout Galatians about not being uh, law driven uh, in, in uh, the way they live and um, it's about getting the principles right and he's He's talking to them in these few verses about learning to walk in the spirit in works of power. So the miracles, the kind of the demonstrations of the power of God, the kingdom of God. He's, he's saying to them, look, there are certain principles and, 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 and frameworks of thought you need to have in place so that when you're seeking to do the stuff, seeking to extend the kingdom of God, you don't get uh, all kind of tied up in, 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 in things that are unhelpful. So he's, he, he's really particularly going for that. And the, 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 the basic question he's asking them is this. 
Did you become a Christian by doing something or by believing something? In other words, was it something you contributed? You did a few things, you uh, were good in a certain way, or you said a few things, or you, you, you did some religious activity, or you exercised some kind of law so that you fulfilled something that was lacking and God accepted you? Did you become a Christian like that? Or did you become a Christian simply by recognising there is absolutely nothing whatsoever I can do to present myself acceptable to God, but because I believe that Jesus did everything that is required for me to be made righteous by living the life that I never could have lived, by dying a death that he didn't deserve but that which I deserve, and in that moment... He exchanged his righteousness for my sin as a free gift that I was a uh, passive, uninterested, not even observer, but a hostile contributor to his death. He, he exchanged that in that moment and offers, my right, offers his righteousness to me, offers to take on my sinfulness so that this... Uh, this amazing thing takes place that by me believing that his death on the cross is sufficient, something takes place and I don't have to do anything I just have to believe that he did it all he's saying, which one of those was it? and the obvious thing, and if you're not a Christian here today I want to make it very clear to you that becoming a Christian is nothing whatsoever to do with anything you can do to make yourself presentable to God, you can't do anything Uh, all you can do is sin And then if you stop sinning in a certain way, all you then do is sin in another way by being proud of the fact you're not sinning in the way you were before. So all we do is add more sin all the time. And if you try to be religious, then you start looking down on other people and you then become uh, pious and over sinful and overconfident in your self-righteousness, which is another sin. So there's nothing we can do. There's no, you can't even try hard and it sort of makes an impression. There's nothing, nothing any of us can do to make ourselves even worthy of God considering that we should be more worthy than someone else of his free gift. There's, there's nothing we can do. It's a complete mystery to me why God would save any of us. And if you're not a Christian here today, you may not realise even why you're here. You may have wanted to turn into another building and you came in here by accident. You, and it, like, it feels like a great big accident to you. You may be here because your friends bought you. You may be here because you're on some sort of spiritual pilgrimage and trying to find out the meaning of life. But behind all that, God has his hand on you. And you won't even realise it. And what Paul is saying to them is, here, look, Galatians, you came to know Christ simply as the one who did something for you and all you needed to do to to become a Christ follower was to believe it's like um it's like that chair I know there's not many chairs but this particular chair let's just (coughs) use this chair as an example see becoming a Christian is is not believing that that chair exists well, you can see it's there, but becoming a Christian is actually believing that if I sit on that chair, let's hope this works, if I sit on this chair, then actually, whether I take my legs off the ground, whatever I do, that chair is going to support me. Well, I haven't done anything other than sat on the chair. Now, becoming a Christian is putting the full weight of my confidence that Christ's sacrificial death on the cross is utterly sufficient to carry the weight of my sin. I don't have to do anything other than sit on it. I don't have to make the chair. I don't, even have to, I don't even have to be good enough to sit on the chair. I don't need to deserve the chair. The chair is what it is. And becoming a Christian is purely about us placing the weight of our confidence in Christ's finished work. Now, Paul then goes to the say to the Galatians, if, you, if that's how you came to know Christ, why then, why then are you now trying to put all sorts of other things into the Christian life in order to somehow achieve more. Probably reading into the text, probably what was going on was that they were wanting to serve God, they were wanting to see miracles, they were wanting to prophesy, they were wanting to demonstrate 
the power of God, perhaps in their community. They were wanting to be a charismatic church, uh, whatever. They're, clearly there was a question, there was an issue about the supernatural amongst them. And some of them were trying to um, go through certain techniques or try certain things or think they had to be in a certain frame of mind in order for more to happen. And he's, he's saying to them, that's not how you became a Christian. You became a Christian simply by a simple act of faith. So moving in the works of God is purely also about simple acts of faith. I remember when God started to... Uh, I started to see a bit of a breakthrough in healing um, some years ago. And the first thing you think to yourself is, how do I keep this going? It's the first thing you think to yourself, I don't want this to dry up. I'm really I'm on a sweet spot now. I'm really on a sweet spot. And so you think... <laughs> What, how, how is this happening? Is it something in my diet? I mean, uh, what, I've got a, did I pray a certain way? Am I walking a different way? Is it, am I reading something differently? Am I praying more? Fasting, that's what I need to do. I'll fast. If I keep fasting, that keeps the pressure up. See, what happens with that is you actually create some kind of spiritual gymnastics to try and keep doing something that actually you didn't do in the first place. I can't heal anybody. And do you know what? Neither can you. There's nothing. We are spiritually impotent when it comes to demonstrating anything of the kingdom of God. We can plant, we can water, but only God gives the growth. I can put my hands on people, I can say the words, but only God is the one who brings life. And so Paul is saying, look, you don't have to, you don't have to hype something up or dial it down. Because you can go either way. You can either become very ascetic and kind of, you know, just sort of strip everything back. So you kind of, let's be very simple and contemplative and strip everything away from life. Strip it all down so God can use us. You can go that way. Or you can say, let's hype it all up because we need atmosphere, folks. We need to kind of, let's make it big and bold because that's when God moves. (laughs) But the thing is, Paul is saying, there is nothing you can add to produce results. So why are you doing it? Now, I'm not saying that some of those things can't be helpful, but it's when we start putting our reliance on a technique or a, or a, a certain... Um, we can get into a Christian culture where we think, well, we can't, we can't expect God to move until there's a certain point in the meeting. And, and where does that come from? That's, that's certainly not grace. It really isn't. Now, my contention with things like fasting and prayer, because, you know, I got a bit concerned about that, because if you're you're doing more and more meetings and starting to pray for more and more people, the pressure gets up. If you've seen people healed in the previous meetings, you think, well, if I go into this meeting and nothing happens, that's a bit of a pressure, isn't it? You think, well, I've got to really try and work something up here. And I realised that actually all fasting and praying is, is just a way of me expressing my heart to God. It's not a way of me getting anything from him. He's given it all in the first place. I don't have, if I never read my Bible anymore, and never prayed anymore, I would not be any love, loved any less. Do you believe that? So everything we ever do in, by way of spiritual discipline is a way of us expressing our heart to God, not of getting something more from him. Because everything we have from him anyway is a gift. Now that shouldn't make us passive. It just makes us come at things from a a better angle. So he then um, uh, goes on to say, um, he said, what I want to know is this, does um, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do so by works of the law or hearing by faith? Now he's talking there, I believe, about a person. He's saying, uh, another way of saying it is this, he's saying, was the person who introduced you to Christ an upholder of the Mosaic law or a preacher of the simple gospel. You say, does he who does miracles among you? In other words, when you see someone moving in power, when one of you is moving in power, is that happening because of law keeping or is that happening because of grace? And his point simply is he's saying it is grace that is the bedrock of everything we do that has spiritual life to it that anyone who's moving in these 
in, in supernatural manifestations is not observing some kind of code. And sometimes you can, you can, you can buy books that are full of you know, how to unlock your power in God. Or how to, and, and there are helpful things we can learn. I don't hear what I'm not saying. But if we kind of think it's some kind of manual... And you get the right manual, do the right things, and out will come, you know, three lemons. It really isn't like that. In actual fact, there's a great freedom from thinking, do you know what? I just want to walk as best as I can by faith, simply with the Holy Spirit, and just be obedient to whatever he asks me to do. In that sense, it is stripped right back. Um, And most of uh, what I want to do today is really just to tell you a little bit about... um, the journey I'm on and just some of the things that have been happening to me. I don't want to really teach much more than that. I just want to make the point, I don't think he's talking about God doing miracles among them. He's talking about a person. Does he who does miracles among you? He's, he's pointing to an example of, of someone who's been moving in power. It might be himself. He might be referring to himself or he might be referring to others who've been amongst them doing miracles and, and, and supplying the spirit, supplying spiritual gift. And he's, he's saying to them, did, did they do that? But because they kept some kind of law or because they were hearing by faith, just as Abraham did. Abraham heard and believed. And he's saying to them, that's how you should start to move in works of power. Let me just give you a couple of quick stories. Uh, just to say, I, I, one of the greatest lessons I've learned is this. Number one, I'm always now learning. I'm always learning. I'm never going to take an L plate off. I find the more you do in the Christian life, the more you realise you don't know. And you just have to adopt... Well, that's just what a disciple is, isn't it? A disciple is a learner. And we're constantly going to be learning. Second thing is this. Is I, I, I'm observing that... Once I started to get over myself, God started to do things. What do I mean by that? Well, if you start praying for people and nothing happens... If you feel a little bit, uh, I don't know, fearful of what will people think of you, it's more likely that you'll back off on your first failure. Is that, yeah, you agree with me? You think, well, I prayed for someone, it didn't work last time, so now hmm, if I pray for, them, pray for this person this time, if nothing happens, I'll feel a little bit embarrassed. Do you know what? I have done so many ministry times now where nothing whatsoever has happened I now have got nothing to prove and no one to fear. <laughs> it's utterly liberating. So even if I go out of here this afternoon and nothing whatsoever has happened, it's fine. That is the most glorious position to be in. Because what happens is that when you're freed up from your own self-importance and you get over your own publicity, God can actually start working through you. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I mean, it's so utterly liberating. I've got nothing to prove. Absolutely nothing to prove and nothing to fear. And for most of us, we are so nervous of, what would happen if I did this and nothing happened? We we feel embarrassed. It's nothing to do with God's reputation. It's to do with our reputation. Isn't that right? Most people, if we pray for them or bring a word to them, if nothing happens, do you know what? They are more touched because somebody cared for them than they are... Uh, whether anything happened or not. I'll give you two illustrations. Two neighbours who live near us. It's a neighbour not far from us. Uh, uh, a young girl who'd just recently uh, broken up from her boyfriend. Very, you know, very sort of sad about all that. And I happened to see, see her coming out of her uh, gate. And I knew this had happened. And I said, oh, I'm ever so sorry to hear what happened to you. Uh, how, are you. How are you doing? And so he's got talking. And uh, when I first met her, I didn't say anything to her at the time, but when I first met her, I felt God give me a word for her that his hand was on her life in a particular way. And I just kind of carried it around with me for a while. I hadn't had an opportunity to share it, but I thought, well, here goes. So I just chatted to her, and she was obviously, you know, really finding it hard. So I said, look, this might, this might be strange to you. You might think I'm a nutcase. I said, but I'm a Christian. And when I first met you, I felt God say to me, that he brought you to actually live uh, where you're living, near us, so that we could share the gospel with you, because the Lord wants to open a door in your life that you've been looking for for a long while. You've been searching around to find, trying to find truth. And I said, I know it feels very hard at the moment. You don't know what's going on in life. But I believe the Lord has got his hand on you, and he's going to help you come to know the truth, and you'll come through a door you've been looking for for years. 
Do you know, she just started to cry. And so I said, well, I'll, you know, we'll keep, me and Sue, we'll keep praying for you. And any time you want to pop around, want to chat, that's fine. But I said, no pressure, just kind of giving you that. I'll leave it with you to think about. And she said to me, she said this. She said, well, she said, I, I don't practice Christianity myself. I've got, I have got my own beliefs about different things. She said, but the thing that really is affecting me is this. At least you care. Now, whether the word was right or what, or it doesn't really matter, does it? Somebody cared. So, uh, and then there's another neighbour uh, just over this weekend. We've got two sisters that live near us. One is 104, one's 96. Right? And uh, you're always kind of thinking, hmm, are they all right? And there was an ambulance outside there the other day. We thought, this doesn't look good. So, um, Anyway, Sue, we went out for a walk, and Sue said, oh, I'll just call in and see how they are. So knocked on the door. The young sister comes to the door, and... Uh, <laughs> running to the door. And uh, Sue says, oh, I you know, just wondered if everything's all right. So the ambulance here. She said, yeah, it was my older sister had a bit of a funny turn, not been well at all, just kind of just staring blankly now. Um, you know, we don't know what's wrong with her. She's just kind of out of it. But she's still alive, you know, she's still sort of, you know, just so... Um, Sue said, uh, would you like us to pray for you? Uh, I think they go to a little Anglican church around the corner. I don't know whether they're believers or not. But Sue said, uh, would you like us just to pray for you? Oh, yes, please, that'd be lovely. So anyway, we just stood there and I just prayed. I said, Lord, just want to pray for... What's her name? I forgot the name. Gert is the 104-year-old. Pray for Gert. I just want to pray, Lord, that you'd heal Gert, you'd make her better... And that you just, it's a very simple prayer. It wasn't like in the name of Jesus. It wasn't, it's nothing, just just simple. Anyway, we walked past there two days later. And Sue said, oh, just see how they are. We opened the door and the young sister again, whose name I can't remember, says to me, says to us, I said to my sister, she's completely better now, completely back to her. And she said, we have never in our lives ever seen anything like that. All I did, I can't even remember the words I prayed. I mean, but God somehow restored her. I don't, know what, I don't know how, you know, what was wrong with her. But the impact of a simple prayer, just knocking on the door, how are you, just pray for me. I can't, me nor we can't heal anybody. But all we did was just simply take the love of God. And I thought, well, if nothing happens, I mean, she could be dead the next day. Seriously, you see, I mean, that has happened in other occasions. Pray for people that got worse. I don't really understand that either. But the point I'm making to you is, get over yourselves. Really, are you with me? Because yeah. if you think, well, no, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I have to go on a two-year healing course. Um, you know, how to move in the supernatural, how to, you know, see the sight. No, really, no. <laughs> You can, you can learn, how, I mean, and there are things to learn. I'm learning how to hear God better, how to have greater, you know, I'm learning. How, but you don't have to do anything before you start, other than believe in Jesus. Have believe in Jesus, put your hand up. Yeah. Great, well, you can pray for people and you can see miracles, you can move in the stuff that Paul is talking to them about. Why? Because you believe in Jesus. And you don't move in miracles by observing the law. And doing techniques and getting all like that. You move in miracles by simply believing that the one who saved you is the one who can move through you. Because he's, he's put a treasure in you, in this jar of clay, which is why Peter and John said, well, I haven't got any money, but what I have got, I give you. Be healed. See, we do carry this around with us. This is, this is the thing we have to just get hold of here. There is dynamite in our lives by grace that Jesus isn't here physically, you are on his behalf his hands are not here, your hands are and he said go in my name those that believe in me will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, he's just saying look what I've been doing, you do, and actually the things I've been doing you will do, and even greater than this I think he meant multiplication so I think there's a, a, a real kind of war going on in the church, particularly in the charismatic church. And the war goes something like this. Do we need an expert that comes in and does the stuff and we all go, Wee! 
Or is God after releasing an army of ordinary believers in Jesus who do extraordinary things for him? I think it's the latter. Now, I think there are people who have a particularly strong anointing who we can learn from and we can use at particular times. I'm not dismissing the powerful anointing. I'm just saying if we stand and applaud and think, I wish I could do that, but we never get involved, we are missing out on what God intends. You and I can move in things we never thought we can do. I'm going to demonstrate it to you in a little while. Um, So a few things I've learned is this. Always be learning. Position yourself as a constant learner. Can you do that? Yep. Constant learner. Next thing is this. Learn to be very responsive to the Holy Spirit personally. Because if you can't learn to hear him and move with what he tells you to do in private, you'll be less confident doing it publicly. What do I mean by that? I mean... um, Recently, for some strange reason, I've got no idea why God told me to do this. It's a strange thing. But I was, when I pray in the mornings, I felt for several months the Lord said to me, I want you to lay on the floor and pray. So what do I, what do I need to do that for? I don't know. I still don't know. But I knew it was God speaking to me. So I obediently lay on the floor and I start praying. And I actually found praying... Um, easier I think it's simply because I was aligning myself to just a simple nudge of the spirit now you might think well why was God doing that would this God bother that much no all he's doing is this teaching me to hear his voice it doesn't have to be I mean if I can learn that then I'm more likely when I'm with my neighbor to get some simple kind of little impression from the Lord and have the confidence to deliver it so it starts in your private life often before it gets into the public arena. And that's, I want to encourage you just to, to try that. Tr- try to learn to hear God's voice through the scriptures. When you read the scriptures, say, simply say, Holy Spirit, would you begin to speak to me? And begin to journal, begin to write it down, if, you're, if you like doing, doing it that way, or go out for a walk and think about it. Just allow yourself to get used to hearing God's voice in simple ways, and often that will lead to ways that you, <coughs> you wouldn't... Um, you wouldn't be perhaps so comfortable with. Um, another thing I find really helps, again, just things I'm learning and moving in, in supernatural things, is work in team. If there's two, Jesus, when he sent people, he sent them in twos. There's a reason for that. It's partly for accountability, but it's actually so it takes the pressure off one person. Because if there's two of you, nobody quite knows who healed the person. It's wonderful. Because <laughs> then you can't get big-headed or feel a failure. It's a shared responsibility. It's much better. Uh, in a minute, when we, pray, when we pray for people, I think it's... Un- well, it's, I'd be careful if I say this. I will probably h- hardly at all pray for anybody. You will all be praying for people, and people will get healed, and I will, I will probably not do anything. But God will start healing people through different ones of you. So it's important just to work in team. Just, just to not, don't put emphasis on the big um, kind of person with the gift. Um, Next thing I say is, is keep it simple. When it comes to, to praying for the sick, goodness, we do tie ourselves up in knots, don't we? Uh, someone's sort of, I don't know, got a sprained ankle. We go to pray for them, and then we start just kind of preaching as to all the... We go through the atonement. We go through the crossing of the Red Sea. We go through the Levitical Code. Talk about Revelation. We kind of, uh, Meanwhile, they're in considerable pain because they're still standing with a bad ankle. You know, God, God really doesn't need to know any of that because he already knows, right? So I often say to people, when you go to pray, don't pray. Stop it. Right? Don't pray. Just simply talk to the sickness or to the pain and command it to go. It's very simple. Jesus said, those that believe in my name will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Hands up if you've got a hand. Praise God. You're all qualified can you put it on somebody? Yeah, don't know. You might get the wrong idea. Right? But you, you can put it on someone. That's actually all you need to be able to do to move in the miraculous as well as believing in Jesus. Believe in Jesus, have a hand, put it on someone. I mean, it's really, really, you don't need a two-year course to do that. Really. If you get that wrong, you really do need help. You know, put it on your own head or something. Oh, no, I've got it wrong. No, it's, it really is very simple. Very, very simple. So work in team, keep it simple.
Find your way in. What I mean by that is this. Um, we've been doing these Presence of God tours where we're going around different places. And what I'm finding is this. The more actually you start to pray for people, the more you kind of learn to observe what God is doing in a meeting. And I must move on, otherwise we won't have any time to observe what he's doing in the meeting. Is, uh, <laughs> is when we've had ministry times, sometimes things, certain things will start to get healed in a meeting that didn't happen last time. And I think, well... Why is that? Now, I've got no idea why, but you just have to learn to observe what God is doing. Sometimes God will move in a wave of prophetic words, and you say, okay, we'll go with that, like he did a little bit at the beginning with singing. There was a real move of the Spirit in that. And it's a bit like that moving in any kind of supernatural thing, a miraculous thing. Just learn to observe what God's doing and, and lean into it. It's a bit like um, if you've ever seen... Uh, um, uh, someone sailing a yacht or a, a kite surfer or windsurfer, something like that, where you just have to position yourself into what the wind is doing. There's no point trying to, you know, turn it against it. I think, well, no, I wanted to go this direction. Well, no, that's not where the wind's blowing. So just go with what you can see God doing. You, you'll see what I mean as we get into it. Um, and this is a good one, right? This is really important, living, living in the Western world. Learn to wait. And we, no, we don't like that, do we? We don't like silence and we don't like waiting. And they're the two things that help God move. <laughs> That's a real bum deal, isn't it, really? <laughs> if you live in the Western world, we don't like waiting, we don't like silence. And those are two things that God actually really likes. He likes... I mean, you think to yourself, look, I've got a ten-minute ministry time, Lord, hurry up. But sometimes <laughs> the Lord really thinks, well, you know, I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> it's us that have the bus to catch or whatever. And God doesn't do time the way we do time. He really doesn't. And that's real difficulty if you're planning a meeting. It really is. And sometimes I'd have to say we've missed things because we've had to stop. I know we have. Um, now I don't know what the answer to that is. Perhaps Steph hasn't, needs to have another dream or something to give you an answer for that here. But I, I'm just observing that as I'm seeing God do more things, um, time and waiting and silence seem to be things that God's spirit um, appreciates. Now, um, I realise I haven't taught very much from the verses, but to be honest, there's only three verses and they're only saying one thing. Stop trying to work it up and use techniques. Rely on the spirit and, and live it out of the grace of God when moving in the supernatural. That's what he's teaching. Have we got that? Yeah. Are you willing to have a go at it? Yeah. Well, you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> right, so stand up with me and I'll, sh- I'll show you how simple it is. Right? Now, if you're a visitor and you're a guest, you don't know Jesus, you're not going to be asked to do anything that will make you embarrassed. You're really not. You might leave this building actually getting something you didn't bargain for that will make you very happy. But nothing, nothing will happen that will, I promise you, I will not embarrass you or make you feel, I wish I hadn't come. All right? I promise you that. Because we want to honour you as guests, help you on your journey. Those of you that are Christians, I make no such promises. Because right? <laughs> I want to try and help you break through comfort zones so that we can actually learn to do the things that Jesus asked us to do. And I'm, I'm just simply learning. I'm just... I'm no further ahead than you. I've just perhaps had a bit more practice because I'm older. Uh, and I've been doing it longer. So what I'm going to say is this. In a room this size, how many of... Uh, and you're all quite young, so there probably isn't a lot of... There may not be a lot of illness about, but we'll see where we go. Uh, well, this is London, though, so you never quite know, do you? Um, uh, put your hand up if you are in pain or ill in any way, shape or form. Just put your hand up. Right. If you are ill or in pain in any way, shape or form. Okay. Can you keep your hands up and just slightly move out a bit from where you are? Just, just you know, don't need to come forward. Just, just, just get out of the rows where you are. If it helps you to come forward, you can. But I, I don't want. Just make find a comfortable space and keep your hand up. Right now, the rest of you, if you've not got your hand up, can you go and stand near someone with their hand up? And when you've got two people with you, put your hand down. Right, that means everybody will need to move. Go and stand near someone. So there's two people with each person with their hand up. And then put your hand down when you've got two people with you. As long as there's two of you, 
it's okay. Um, that's great. And put your hand down when you've got two people with you. If you still haven't got two people with you, just wave at me. Has everybody got someone with them? Okay, right. Now, simply what I'm going to do, I just want to... Okay, we're fine. We'll play it up. I want to just simply uh, teach you how to do this. And it's not a, it's not a technique, it's just simple steps, right? So, I want you to ask the person, if God were to touch them now, what would that look like? Right? Because sometimes we can look at people and we think, uh, we say, well, what's wrong with you? Um, well, that... <laughs> okay, well, it's, uh, let's just ask them, what would, you, what would it look like if God touched you now? Because for some people, perhaps with a long-term condition, they may actually want prayer for something else today, right? So I don't want to don't put things on people. Just say, what would it look like if God touched you now? What would happen? Right? So when, and then when you ask them, I want you to simply put your hands on that person. I don't want you to pray to God, right? I want you to give out of what God's given you, and I want you to command into being what they've asked for. So you might speak to the sickness and you, if it's a sickness you might say I command you in Jesus name sickness go or if it's pain you might say I speak to that pain now in Jesus name be gone very simple right it'll only take you probably a minute to, to do it don't do it yet because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen when you do it the moment that happens the moment you've done that some of you in this room almost immediately something will happen there will be some symptom relief your pain will go you'll be able to do something you couldn't do before there'll probably be about two or three of you all right from what i've seen recently and then as soon as you do that i want you to wave at me the moment something's happened i want you to wave at me and then we'll 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 go from there right can you do that so far yeah right go for it just just ask them and then simply pray This won't take long. The moment you feel anything happening, some of you will just wave at me as they're praying right now. Some of you will get healed right now. Something happened. Have we got a microphone that we can? Because that's really important. Just that you just let me just take us through this. Well, uh, can you just tell me what was going on and what you feel now? My pain was uh, rel- relieving. Why you're talking anyway? Okay. Talking about Christ, it was relieving them. So, where was the pain in you? Heart. Okay. So, yeah. tell me what that felt like. Then is it? It's relief uh, that Christ is there. Right. And he loves us. Yeah. So, is this a physical pain you were having, or was there something more spiritual? Emotional, going? spiritual. Right. And you can feel something just yeah. lifting off you. Really? So you could feel even as we... Uh, right, this... Even while he's talking, then it's just pure love and... So you feel so something washing or... He's washing. He's washing down. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, well, that's, that's important. That's it. Yeah. Uh, have you known the Lord for long, or...? No, you... not too long. Right, you're on a bit of a journey. Yeah, journey. Yeah. Well, Lord, I just want to pray that you completely... Um, bring him home. Pray you'd bring him home. Home's an important thing for you, Charlie, and the Lord's saying he's bringing you home. Home's been something you've been longing for for many years. It's been a big lack in your life, but the Lord's bringing you home. He's got his arms around you and he's bringing you home. Uh, just speak sonship to you now. Pray, Lord, you just give him full, utter revelation of Christ's work for him and the father's love for him just i pray everything in his life that's been just tied up lord just bring the freedom of christ to him right now in jesus name thank you lord uh, sometimes I, I, we just, it's important we just celebrate what god does because then then other things will start to happen someone else wave at me physical yeah can you come tell us what's going on what happens i find is when um when you see God do two or three things, what happens is the level of faith goes up. I, 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 don't, I can't quantify faith. I can only say, or perhaps it's just confidence. I don't know what it is because I don't think you have to have a certain amount of faith. All I know is when you celebrate what God does, somehow it gives everyone a, there's a lift uh, and, and more things start to happen. So what, what's going on with you? Um, um, I have Emily and Barbara Malaysia. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I love worshipping God, spending time with people, but I have a lot of pain in my legs and my arms. And when you asked me to stand up and have prayers, I did. And uh, I, as I was standing and people were praying, I felt completely washed over with God. Mm. I felt the Holy Spirit on me. And I felt like God was saying, he's going to take care of me. And as he did that, I, I felt a real sort of sense of energy that I've been longing for for a while. And the pain in my legs have gone. It's gone completely. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That's wonderful. So if I can just say, just so that we really know what God has done here, on a naught to ten, ten being very painful, naught being no pain, when you came in the meeting, where, where would that have been? Sorry, can you do that again? Uh, if, if <laughs> ten, sorry, if, if, if ten was a lot of pain yeah. and naught was no pain, when you came in today, where would you have I been? I was about eight. Eight. And where are you now? I'm about three now. I, I can't really feel anything, any pain in my legs at all. Well, and that's so. unusual? That's very unusual when I rest from God and spend time with God. Yeah, definitely. Come on. This is wonderful. Thank you. Fun, isn't it? Yeah. See, I mean, okay, anyone, can, uh, someone else? Because some of you will be just, stuff's happening just as we're just waiting. There's probably, I think there's probably about a couple more, I would imagine, first time round. Second time round, there'll be more, right? I, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just learning. I can't give you chapter and verse. I just know this is what happens. Three is pretty good on a, con- on a congregation this size first time round, but you look quite a faithful lot, so I'm going for four. <laughs> I, I, I reckon there's a couple more. Anyone, anyone else? Yeah? Come on, come on, tell us. You've been volunteered. I just had pain in my lower back and it's gone. Oh, so, okay. (laughs) So, no, this is good. So, um, how long had you had that for? Um, I got it last week, moving a patient, and then just my back's been really bad. It's been bad ever since then? Yeah. So, when you came in, what number? Ten being really bad, not being... It's probably more like four. What, it, was it was a four. It was a four, right. no, I ain't got it. You've got all. nothing at all. No. That's great, isn't it? Let's applaud the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Just, is there one more? Some of you might even be being healed now because, uh, you know, prayer sometimes takes a while to work. So, what's going on with you? I'm still a bit dizzy, but um, I can't bring a proof now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say later, maybe. Yes. A few weeks, That's months. That's good. That's good. Uh, but uh, it was. I asked that the the sign would be like uh, I I took a deep breath in, and uh, as soon as uh, the people prayed for me, uh, I started to be dizzy and started breathing like mad, and it was like on spinning wheel. Really, I had to sit down, and just about now it it went a bit, but definitely something was happening. Like. So we'll see in a few weeks, maybe. So this is something you can get medically uh, verified? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm actually taking medications, strong medications for yeah. uh, long-term chronic yeah. illness. So okay. we'll see. But something is definitely happening when the... Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we just want to bless what you're doing. And uh, we just... Um, so Holy Spirit, uh, just uh, flood through this body right now completely recreate whatever um, whatever imbalance there is uh, I just speak order to that right now that which has been out of line that which has been um, all the blood levels will return to where they should be Mineral deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, all these things that need alignment. Be aligned now in Jesus' name. We just speak a complete healing to this body right now. We consecrate this body to the Lord. Holy Spirit, just flood right throughout Mila's whole body. And heal her mind, body, spirit, everything that's going on in her life. We bless what you're doing right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, just have a, I just want you to have one more go with the people you just prayed for, all right? If they weren't healed the first time, have another go, all right? Are we all right to do that? All right. Uh, the time is quarter past five. We're okay, I don't want caretakers to come in, otherwise we'll have to pray for them. Uh, so just have another go. Same, same people, same prayer, unless they were healed, of course. Then go find someone else. <laughs> if you don't like the people who prayed for you, find someone else. Right, then. right expect something to happen, right? The water levels are rising right now. Expect something to happen. Maybe partial. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit will be... I just speak freedom to painful knees right now. This, God's healing knees right now. Cartilage damage in knees right now. Jesus' name, be healed. Take authority over damaged cartilages right now. Just test that if you've got a knee thing. Just do just a gentle test of that. Some of you, pain will be going. The movement will be easier. Just test it out, or if you can... Anyone wave at me just any improvement whatsoever in anything that's been prayed for? Just test it out if you can do something physically just to... doesn't matter if it's not completely healed, right? We just want to celebrate small steps. Right? Small steps lead to bigger ones. Yeah, come on, tell us what's happening. Uh, yeah, just a slight improvement. I sprayed my ankle on Friday. And um, so it's just... I mean, it's fine to walk on normally, but when I... Um, twisted it certain ways it would hurt yeah. uh, and that doesn't what in the ways it was some, hurting yeah or in still hurts a bit in some mm-hmm. ways but so it's come down another. from a what what was it um, a, probably like a, a three to a two okay that's no that's good no it's really important we don't don't uh, just celebrate tens to zeros Okay, celebrate everything because it then helps see God is at work. So, which one is it, that one? The right one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just want to speak again now, complete healing to this in Jesus' name. We bless what you're doing, Lord. Just increase it right now. Increase, I pray, ligament damage, muscle damage, be, be well. Nerve damage, be well now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, all of this is just simply... Grace. I can't heal anyone who ever prayed for you. No one can heal you. But God just uses simple channels. If we believe... Are you waving at me? Something happened? Come on then. That's great. Anything moving there? Just, just uh, give me that a minute. Just, just walk backwards and forwards a bit without hurting yourself. Just, just go up there. I, I think something's happening there. Just keep walking around a bit. Because I, th- I think the Lord's... <laughs> now what, what's happening with you? I had a headache, I felt sick, and my neck hurt, and my back hurt. Oh, crikey. And it's all physical signs okay. of depression. Okay. And I've got a little bit of stomach that's not quite gone. Mm-hmm. It was sort of indigestion, but the rest is gone. You've, so, so something, because I, well, so, <laughs> okay, that's a lot. So yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> that's why we took a long time, why we couldn't say it the first time, because we hadn't finished. Right, and oh, we wow. stopped. <laughs> 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 it's not like a buy one get one free yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, just to be clear about this. Okay. So, how, you had suffered with depression for a while, and it affects yeah. you physically. Yeah. And so, is that a normal for the symptoms to be there all the time, or most of the time? Um, a lot of the time, but today they were there quite a bit, and they were adding up. So, although everything oh. was about a three together, it was about a seven. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because there was lots of right. different things. But now. Um, there's a very tiny bit, maybe a one, with indigestion, but the wow. rest is gone. Wow. Come on. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's great, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd come out of the hotel. Oh, that was all right. Tell um, us what's going on. Yeah, so I've been really tired and lacked a lot of motivation. I've just slept a lot recently. And now I feel really excited and energised. And So that's just lifted off you? Yeah. How long had you been like that? Oh, I've been like that for, well, lots of time, but like the last week I've hardly kept awake. Right, but you so. feel physically something, yeah. just God touched you. Wow, that's I great, really isn't it? That's now. great, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Just in the little time we've got left, what, I, what I'd like to do is just, um, I mean, there may be some more testimonies just that, you know, you can, you can follow those through yourselves. But um, I just li- I'd just like to pray for all of you that God will really get you out there because there's dynamite in here. 
do you realise what you've got? I mean, really, if, imagine this flooding out through the streets. Even if you pray for people and nothing happens, all the worst that can happen is people know you love them. And you've got nothing to fear, no one to, you know, nothing to prove. Jesus said, the things I've been doing, you will do. So it's no good us just being in a room singing, singing about all the lovely things Jesus did. Just get out of there. Just start doing it. It's, it's, you know, I, I have got nothing special at all, as you can see, about me, really. I'm just determined to keep pressing through and pressing through and pressing through until I do the things Jesus did. Why? Because he promised I would. So if he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I'm being serious. God likes us to pray that way. If he makes a promise, he wants us to get hold of it and say, Lord, you said, you said I would do the things you've been doing. And even greater, I think that means multiplication rather than, you know, it's pretty, you can't get much higher than raising someone from the dead, can you? But you can, you can raise more people from the dead or whatever. But so there is a multiplication factor of the body of Christ. So I just want to pray for you. Perhaps if, the, if we just have just the guitar back, that would be great. I know time is going, but I just really want to do this. If you could just lift, if you're part of this church here and you kind of feel, no, I really want to, I really want God to start letting this river flow through us. It may get a little messy even in your meetings because the Lord may start, he may start moving. There may be a reason behind even the dream that you had, I think, to create, no, but in creating more space. I think that I think that you, you, you're on the edge of something. I felt you were this morning, just as in the worship, you're on the edge of something. And I just want to encourage you: don't, just get in the river, just get in the river. So, just just lift your hands to the Lord. I'm just going to pray for you, as Holy Spirit. Will you will you fill this company of believers, this church of yours here? Will you fill? Come, Holy Spirit, fill everybody here right now, Holy Spirit, right now Holy Spirit, anointing from heaven, right now let the love of God flood out through in the streets here out from this place let the let the, the widow, the orphan and the stranger find a home here let there be a great in-gathering and a great outgoing from this place, just with the simple love of Jesus expressed through the laying on of hands and a cup of water in Jesus' name. Strip it right back, Lord, to the simple basics of just doing what you told us to do.